Hey friends, you are listening to the best of season one or season two of the Overcome to Become podcast. We're on a little summer break now, but we will be back with a brand new season, season four, ready to launch in September. If you have not followed us on Apple Podcasts, I encourage you to do so or Spotify or Stitcher or anywhere that you are listening to this podcast so that you can get a notification when season four launches. Also, y'all, I'm turning 40 this month. If you're not following me on Instagram, I highly encourage you to do so because I am sharing some life lessons things that I have learned along the way up to turning 40 that I want to share with you. I'm also going to have some Instagram live guests, friends that are coming on to share their life lessons as well. All that on the Instagram. And I'll have that link in my show notes for you to follow me there. Now, if you're ready, let's hop into the episode. Do you feel the tug or pull in your heart calling you to more? Do you feel like it is too late or that you're too broken to pursue the dream in your heart? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Latasha, and welcome to the Overcome to Become podcast. Pull up a seat and join me each week for real talk, life-changing truths, and actionable takeaways. We are diving into any and everything that has been holding you back from becoming who you were meant to be in every area of your life. I shared a little about my story in episode one. If you didn't get a chance to catch that, just hop back over after you finish listening today to episode one. And even though I was facing several hurdles, I worked hard, I achieved, I fought and overcame every obstacle that stood in my way. So I graduated college, got the career that the Lord blessed me with, a wonderful husband that I'm still married to. So like many of us, just checking off the boxes, right? Um, Crossing off those goals. But as the years went on, slowly but surely, my home life started to just really fall apart. I appeared one way on the outside and those who knew me really just saw this outer appearance of, wow, she's successful. She overcame, she crushed her goals, you know, celebrating with me, but really on the inside, it was just a mess. And my life personally was deteriorating little by little. I had, unbeknownst to me, developed this fast-paced, busy life that kept me running from my past. I had no idea and in constant discontent, was never really satisfied with where I was. Where I was was just never enough. I had to continue to achieve more in order to make myself feel better. And I was discontent with my present, chasing what I really didn't know that I already possessed. So achievement, busyness, and my idea of doing God's work had masked all of the hidden issues I was still quietly struggling with deep within my heart. And I actually had bought into the idea that because I was achieving, because I was being so quote unquote successful, I had no more issues. I had forgiven all that I could forgive. I had, you know, really allowed the Lord to work on my heart and did all those things because really when you think about it, I think we we are guilty of this. And this is what I fell into this idea of if we're successful, if we are achieving, if we're checking off the boxes, if we are, you know, gaining the finances we want, marrying the husband we want, you know, having the kids, doing all the things that we dreamed on our list, traveling, etc., having our 401 1Ks and our 403Bs, then we must not have any inner issues. There must not be any heart work to do. But honestly, over the years, that achievement and over busyness had really just covered up. 
the fact that I was still insecure and very insecure, compromisingly competitive, full of ulterior motives, and then stuck in the comparison trap, struggling with guilt and shame of my past. And I really didn't understand how, and in some ways didn't have the willingness to put first things first. I love this quote by Mary Bell. She says, achievement is the alcohol of our time. The best people don't abuse alcohol. They abuse their lives. Let's dig a little further. Here are the signs that achievement has consumed you. Now, let me clarify. Achieving alone, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do your best, to wanting to complete things with excellence, wanting to conquer your goals and check those off. Nothing wrong with that. And I want to make sure I clarify that. Nothing wrong with that. But here are the signs that maybe your desire to achieve has gone to another level that is now unhealthy. One, you're unable to rest. Even when you're lying down, you close your eyes, you sleep, but you're not even asleep because you're thinking of the next thing that you need to do that you desire to do, and I know, and I'm so guilty of this, we say that we have to do these things, but really when we dig on the inside, some of those things we don't really have to do. Those are things that we've placed on ourselves that we feel that we need to do, and honestly, we could probably peel back in some of those things, but we just have this, you know, into overdrive, like my kids say, doing the most, right? Being extra about what we're doing, And so we're unable to rest. Here's another sign. You don't take the time to reflect and celebrate when a project is over. You just move on to the next thing. Guilty, 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 right? You just accomplish this great goal. Fill in the blank of whatever it is. Your kid just graduated. It's going to college. You just got a promotion. You, you know, whatever it may be, you just had a baby. And, you know, this is something that you've been desiring for the longest. It's an achievement in your life, something, a goal that you just have accomplished. And you don't even take the time to kind of sit in that and think, wow, look how far God has brought me. You are already on to the next thing. Here's another one. You're extremely competitive. You have this constant nagging feeling that if you slow down just for a moment, someone else may surpass you. You know that if I don't, you know, do this or if I don't strive harder, then maybe Barbara next to me is going to get the promotion that I want to get. Let me free you right now with this truth that has permeated through every area of my life. Sis, what is meant for you? It is indeed for you, okay? There is no need to compete for what God has ordained that you should have, period, okay? Even though the world tells us, society tells us to compete because someone else is gonna take our place. Someone else is gonna get our spot. Someone else is going to move up when we should be moving up. Let me tell you something. God has the power to open doors that no man can open and to shut doors that no man can shut. So let me free you right now again and remind you that you don't need to compete because what is meant for you, if you are doing your part, not being extra, okay? Not doing the most, But if you're doing the part that God has called you to do, no one on planet earth 
can take from you, can hold back from you what is indeed meant for you. Here's another one. Someone's win is your loss. This goes right along with not being able to celebrate others, right? Being competitive. You hear that someone has come up, someone has been blessed. Oh, and don't let it be something that you thought you should have, right? You see them driving around in that car and you're thinking, wow, I deserve that more. I've worked harder than that person. I should be blessed with that. And so you feel like that is your loss. You know, when you hear of someone else's win, your mind goes immediately to what you can start doing to top them. These are not easy truths. These are all things that I've dealt with. I'm preaching directly to my own heart. Here's another one. How your coworkers or others see you on the outside, it matters way more than how your family sees you, how God sees you. Ouch. This was definitely me. More concerned about the added girls and pats on the back and how many accolades I could rack up not really paying attention to the fact that my kids were at that time all over the place. I was so disconnected with what they were doing and where they were, you know, not just physically, but even emotionally, kind of just running through the everyday thing mindlessly, not really being fully connected, engaged in their lives at the time. And my marriage crumbling. I was just so much more concerned about what everybody was seeing on the outside. And I wanted the appearance to be just so because I didn't want to do the heart work, right? Actually, I thought that I didn't have any heart issues because I was achieving. And so I was more concerned about how others saw me than what was actually going on in my private life. You only feel good about yourself when you are busy, overloaded and hustling. Ooh, I'm gonna be honest. That word hustle is not one of my favorite words. It's, it's actually on my list of least favorite words because that, hus- that word hustling really goes along with the word striving. And I really do believe that if we're striving and we're hustling, then we are not exactly connected to what God wants us to do and in tuned with what he, how he wants us to move in certain areas of our life, right? Hustling to me and striving to me really screams out, I'm doing things in my own strength which does cause us to feel overloaded, right? Over busy. But let's be honest, some of us actually get this euphoria, this high off of really being overloaded and busy. Think about it for a moment. When you're in conversation with people, and maybe this was just pre-COVID, but I think this is during the time, this time as well. When you talk to people, what is one of the first things they say when you're in conversation with them? I know for me, when I talk to people, it's either one of two things. Either it's, girl, I am just so busy. Oh my goodness, my to-do list. I mean, it is just stacked up. I have so many things to do. People this to see, things to do, etc. cetera. It, it, I am just so busy. So it's either that or it's, girl, I am so tired, right? Because you're so busy. So it's almost kind of like we get, we, we just, we feel important when we tell people that we're so busy, right? And I'm guilty of that, right? So I'm not, I'm definitely not telling you this because I haven't said it myself, but I had to check myself. Like what badge, what badge of honor are you really gonna get? What trophy are you gonna get, Tosh, for telling people all the time that you're so busy, right? When really that probably two thirds of that so busy is things that you have placed on yourself. Can I get an amen? 
Let me continue to free you with some more truth. Truth that I learned. Left undealt with or unchecked, the unhealthy drive to achieve will deteriorate us from the inside out. No, it's not going to do anything at the beginning. People will even applaud us for it and we'll feel good about and we'll even label ourselves as overachievers. But I want us to even look at that term. Did God really call us to be overachievers? If he created us and he knows who we are and what we're capable of doing and he opens the doors and he closes them and he's the one who creates opportunities for us, he's the one who's placed the gifts and talents in us that we are supposed to use to help serve the world, do we really need to be overachievers? Is that really what he's called us to be? So if we don't check it, that healthy, unhealthy drive will deteriorate us from the inside out. It will negatively impact the relationships around us, all of them. Our coworkers will see us as, you know, that one that's always doing the most. You know, every time we're in a meeting, you're always the one with the opinion, right? When you're at home, God bless your husband. He can't even get a word in edgewise. You're always overly opinionated. Gotta have the last word. And then your children, you're nagging and nagging and nagging them, right? Because you want things done. You gotta achieve. You gotta check that box. And maybe you're not outwardly saying things, but maybe it's just the part that you're unconsciously neglecting certain parts of your life. How about your own health? It may cause us to lose the relationships that we love the most, that actually matter the most, including the relationship with ourselves. If we are not super careful, our achievements will become our idols. They'll become our God. We will start to believe that they make us who we are and our self-worth is tied up in them. That's a hard truth. And I know your toes might be scrunching right now as I said that, but it is the truth. Our achievements, if we're not careful, will become our idol. We will actually unconsciously start to worship those things that we have accomplished. And if we're not very, very careful, soon we will buy into the lie that we are our own source of strength and that we do not need God. Psalms 46 and 10, one of my favorite scriptures says, surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. What a refreshing idea, refreshing truth, freeing truth that he is God and we are not. And see, our need to overachieve actually may be connected to the fact that we are still unsure of who God is to us and who he is in our lives and what he can do if we allow him. There's another verse that says, what is impossible for man is more than possible for God, right? God is not limited by our small box thinking. He is God right? He is sovereign and there is no one that can come close to him at all. And so this verse of scripture tells us 
Be still. Stop striving. Don't be anxious. Slow down. Take your foot off the gas for a moment. And know that he is God. What is meant for you, sis, is going to happen. Regardless of what it looks like. If it is meant and you are doing your part and you are putting your trust in him to do his part, it's going to happen. So how do you tackle these feelings to overachieve? Here's a practical tip I want to leave you. It's going to sound simple, but it has done wonders for me. It has helped me to free myself of this overachieving naggingness, if that's a word, to really just do the most. And that is rest. Four little letters in a word that mean so much. Rest. So here's what I want you to do this week. Here's your challenge. I want you to look at your calendar and I want you to choose one day, one day to rest. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can afford to give one day. Whew, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe your armpits are already sweating. Thinking about what am I going to do if I don't have something to do. So if you are there, I want you to start then with just one hour. Okay. Some of us are so busy. We are, our, our computer is full of crumbs because we eat while we're working, right? I want you to start maybe then if you can't do one day, start with one hour. And with that one hour or one day, I want you to pull yourself away from your to-do list. You are not being dutiful. You are not checking off any boxes, no cleaning, no cooking. If you can afford to eat out and, or, or order out, order in rather, order in and bring it in. If you want to cook or if you're like me and you actually enjoy cooking, cook the day before so you have leftovers. You're not going to catch up on email. You're not catching up on work. No new projects. You are going to rest. And let me tell you, it's going to feel funny. And you may even, guilt may even try to come and creep in. But I want to encourage you not to allow your feelings to have a vote. They don't get a vote. You must force yourself to rest. And this is your time. You're going to find something fun and silly and has nothing to do with your to-do list. Float around on your floaty in the pool. Go fishing. Stare at the ceiling. Watch what you've been wanting to watch that's been saved on your Netflix list. Whatever. Spend time with your kids. Go to the beach. Take a walk. Sit on your porch. Relax. Relax during this time and rest. Listen, resting is not going to make you fall behind. I assure you of that. It is actually going to allow you to gain the strength to move forward, to clear the fuzzy brain that all of us have. Most of all, resting reminds us that we are not in control. We do our part, but God is the one who causes the increase. He is the only one who can change the hearts of people and friends. Most of all, the battle is not your battle, it is his. Out of the thousands of people out there, you have chosen to spend time with me this week and I so appreciate you. Before I let you go, would you mind taking a screenshot and sharing this episode in your Facebook and our Instagram page or story? 
please tag me if you do so. I want to connect with you, and I want to be able to serve as many women as possible with this message of hope. Thank you so much.